Good morning, everybody. My name is Larry Jacobs. <clears throat> Sorry to clear my throat beforehand. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio on February 9th, 2023. And uh, I'm going to shut off the music here in just a few minutes. You're going to hear from Ann Brown. Ann is the Executive Director, CEO, President, excuse me, of the Cook Center for Human Connection, which is a 501c nonprofit based out of Utah. But they... Uh, they're an amazing group, and what their their goal is to eradicate suicide. They work so well with schools and teenagers and do other mental health stuff, and that's what Adam's going to be talking about today. Recently, they put together a program with AASA, and they're working, they've, they've installed what are called Calm Rooms. We're going to talk about that and the need for them All right, in schools. They've worked with many schools and rewarded schools with Calm Rooms through the organization. So uh, this is an seltoday.org presentation and social emotional learning is so key today. And you all know what we're up against with the mental health challenges, especially in schools. We have to make sure we take care of that. That's what Anne and her group at Cook Center does. We're going to archive the show at ace-n.org. That's the uh, website of our American Consortium for Equity and Education, our new issue of the magazine. That honors all our equity award winners. All right, is available to you. Just click on the magazine cover at ace-ed.org. If you'd like to subscribe to the magazine, all that means is we're going to send you a link to the magazine every other month when it comes out. All right, and it's free. So if you'd like to get it, we'd be happy to send it to you, like so many others do. Everything we do is over there. The podcasts are all there. SELtoday.org, a link to a teacherretention.com, etc. All right, so it's pretty good stuff over our consortium for equity. Again, everything's free for educators, so please check it all out. And without further ado, a good friend of ours, the one and only Ann Brown. Hi, Ann. Larry here. Hey, good morning, Larry. Good to talk to you. That's great to hear your voice. How's everything in Utah, which I assume is where you are today? I am in Utah today, getting ready to go to the superintendent's conference next week in San Antonio, but today I'm in exactly. my home office in Park City. Excellent. <laughs> Who could ask for anything more? Beautiful Park City, what <laughs> can I tell you? You know, it's just great. Have fun at the AASA conference next week, okay? It's going to be great, okay? Everything they do, as far as I'm concerned, is A-OK, and I know you're working with them with the comrades. We're going to be talking about all this. Okay, so we're going to go forward with it, with that. But I want you to, I tried to do it, Ed. Okay, you're so incredible. Tell everybody what the Cook Center does. It's just amazing. And, and yeah. please mention the cooks themselves. I will. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So the Cook, the cook Center for Human Connection, we're a, little, a nonprofit. Just a little louder if you can into your phone. I don't know. Just have it a little. The volume seems a little off for some reason. How's that, Larry? Is that better? It's a little better. Give it a shot. Okay. Um, I could put headphones in. (laughs) Um, The Cook Center for Human Connection, we're a national nonprofit. We focus on youth mental health and suicide prevention. And we were founded uh, about three years ago by Greg and Julie Cook. Greg and Julie are some of the initial founders of doTERRA Essential Oils. And they, when they were in an op, where they were in a position that they could give back, they really decided that that behavioral health was the place that was super important to them and mental health support. Um, they initially gave to a children's hospital, 
And when they gave to that hospital, they were asked where they wanted their donation to be directed. And what they found out in that process that was that mental health was the most difficult place for the children's hospital to get funding and wow. was getting the least amount of funding. And this was pre-pandemic. This was about 2018. And so they just they they said, well, you know, that's where we want our donation directed. But that also um, brought them back to a, a difficult time in their lives when a young boy who was 11 years old and their neighbor died by suicide. Um, the father happened to be out of town. And so the mother called on Greg to be with her as they went through this horrible process. And he he was the one who notified um, the father of of what was happening, you know, with the son and the family. And and Greg and Julia both said, you know, and that just stays with you. It it yeah. those experiences never least. leave you. And and when they had the opportunity to give back, they just want to help, you know, every family not go through that and provide resources so that any family anywhere, you know, in an equitable way can can get access to mental health supports because that's often such a difficult a difficult thing um and you know one of the positives out of the pandemic is that i think the whole world has now woken up to the issues that we're dealing with when it comes to mental health and so you and know we're stigmatizing we're providing resources and right so so you know that would be maybe the positive out of there's more awareness now yeah, well, the pandemic, it killed a lot of people, and we we paid a real price for what we're learning from it, okay? And, uh, yeah. boy, it's really something. And I have to tell everybody, Anne's really one of the nicest, most cheery people in the world, okay? And she has to deal with this stuff every day, and she just – I mean, it's just amazing when we talk about teen suicide. It just makes me so sad to even have the subject. How bad is it out there, Anne? What are you hearing? Well – you know, it, it continues to rise and it continues to be an issue. Um, it's, it's, it's still rising? It's still rising? It is still rising. We had a little dip in uh, 2020, and some of some of the experts point to that being the fact that, you know, we were home more and kids were more connected to families and things like that. But um, But suicide ideation is definitely on the rise. We've had a almost 60% increase in, in people who visit and young people who visit the ER, ER for suicide ideation. Um, we have had, you know, an increase in, in depth, uh, in 2021 from what we were seeing in 19 and 20. So, so there are, you know, you know, we're also working on the problem and, uh, yeah. but like I said, the, the good news is, is there's a lot of people working on the problem when we, uh, our, you know, our current surgeon general is Dr. Vivek Murthy. And um, he's taken this on as as one of his um, I don't know how to I don't know how to say it billboard items yeah, yeah. is is really combating the youth mental health crisis um, and and you know I'm happy to say that many of the things that he talks about as solutions are things that we've put in place that we've been working on for the last three years things like yeah. increasing access making sure there's equitable access having you know having more adults that know how to help children, um, working directly with schools. Those are all, those are all things that, that we were doing. And, and, um, when Dr. Murphy came out with his solutions, I was like, wow, at least we're on the right track, you know? 
you know, and we are on the right track. And Anne, I want you to talk about besides the calm rooms, we're going to get put devote a lot of time to that in a minute. But just talk about what schools need to know, school districts, I should say, about and schools about working with Cook Center. What 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 do they need to know? Like if we were doing this show, we're going to talk about the calm rooms, but that's a specific yeah. thing, okay? But you guys yeah. do a lot of work with schools, so how does it? How does a school access you, and how, what's the process, et cetera? Why should they, that kind of thing? Yeah, what yeah. Do you offer, well, whatever. We have, yeah. Um, so, you know, we basically have grants that we, that we give to schools to be able to, you know, put in programs that, that we have vetted and made sure are having an impact in the space of mental health. And then we also provide services to schools um, to enhance the work of those grants. So um, the best way to get in touch with us is cookcenter.org, or you can uh, also do cookcenter.org slash grants, and anytime we're putting out a grant, you would be the first to know. So over the last, over the last three years, um, one of the things we did initially is that we funded 60 hope squads around the country because we just we know the impact of peer-to-peer networks in schools and and how that really does combat suicide. Um, we also uh, a couple of years ago had a grant program for a program called Choose Kindness, and Choose Kindness is uh, is the brainchild of a former NBA player named Jimmer Fredette, and. Uh, the whole focus of Choose Kindness is that it changes the culture of a school to a culture of kindness through daily mm. interactions, um, you know, monthly, you know, just, just having, having a whole school initiative of kindness, and it just helps mm-hmm. outline that initiative for the school. So we funded 20 of those schools around the country. And then, um, and then this year, we're going to talk about Calm Rooms, so I'll kind of skip over that, but, yeah. but this yeah, year we funded Calm Rooms, and I'll and I'll yeah. talk about that. And then we have an ongoing grant program called parentguidance.org. And this is a, oh. this is a, a, a system that we put into schools. Um, schools put this on their, on their school website, and it takes, the, it takes parents directly to parentguidance.org website. And, and parentguidance.org is a collection of courses all done by licensed therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists, so that when parents are dealing with difficult things in parenting, you know, it could be things like mm. cutting or anxiety or depression or suicide ideation or frustration or anger or grief, any of these difficult things in parenting that come up with their kids, they have a place that they can go and hear how a licensed therapist would help them and respond. Now, it's, it's all video content, but it's very specifically done around a specific topic and talking to a parent about how they can help their child. And, and it's a real missing link. You know, um, if, you, if you go back 100 years or 150 years, people didn't know that infection was killing them um, more, right. than, you know, more than a disease, right? And so, yeah. so we taught people that they needed to wash their hands. And, and when they... And then when they um, cut their finger, they needed to wash out the cut and put a little cream on it and put a Band-Aid on it and, you know, um, protect it. We were able to teach people that. Well, we're kind of way back, you know, way back in the day of 
not understanding how to deal with infection. We're, we're at that point where we don't understand how to deal with mental health. And we need parents to be that first line of defense for yeah. kids. And so giving them this immediate access and this information. And when I say parents, what I'm talking about is every child in this country has someone who is responsible for their care. It could be right. everything from a mom and dad to a grandparent to an aunt and uncle to a foster parent to an older sibling, right? But someone, some adult is in charge of every child's care. And so that's what I mean by parent. And I think we need to start being able to broadly use the term parent to know that it's a caregiver of a child because parents come in all shapes and sizes. But all of them are the person who loves that child the most and has the most invested in their well-being and their care. And so we need to get those people on the team of kids' mental health. And so we provide parentguidance.org free to schools, free to families, all through a grant from the Cook Center so that, um, so that you know, when you talk about equitable access, anyone anywhere can access this. And as someone who, you know, I've, I mean, you know, I've always had insurance. I've always had a good job, but I've also had mental health needs of my children, my son, and, and, when I when I first needed it, I was in a rural place in Idaho, and I was three hours from care for Boise or five hours from care in Salt Lake. Wow. You know, it's it's a financial strain even when you have insurance and you have good, you know, you have financial resources. It's still a financial strain. Um, you also don't know where to turn. There's shame and there's stigma in it, so you don't know who to ask. You might be dealing, you know, I have a good relationship with my mother, but she's 89 years old. She doesn't understand social media, right? So so I may be dealing with a parent or with my own parent or my own guides in parenting that don't know how to deal with the issues that are being, that are happening in today. And that's all of what parent guidance does. Yeah, and I have a couple of questions, but, you know, we talk about mental health having a stigma, but mental health is just part of health. Okay, there shouldn't be a stigma. Yeah, it, it shouldn't be a, you know, God forbid you have cancer or anything like that or any disease. Okay, it's not a stigma. Okay, yeah. but for some reason, mental health is. Okay, and it's just, it's just, uh, it's just, and we have to really work constantly to make that change because it's, it's still there, that thing. And also, I have to ask, and as you were talking about this, it struck me, when you talk about, yeah, we, we gave a grant to a school, Where's this, where does this have to happen in K-12, grades 1 through 12, or kindergarten through 12? Um, I hate to ask you this way, but I'm going to, what's the sweet spot for mental health intervention, so to speak, to, to get these programs going? Is it high school? Do we start them in third grade? Where, where is it? What have you learned about that? Well, again, I, it's the family. And so it's from, it's, it's birth that we need to be thinking well, about. I mean it that way. Let me let me ask the question a different way. Do, do, does, does this work best in an elementary school? Does it work best starting it in junior high school, or does it work best starting yeah. it in high school? Where where's that? Where, which which schools so, are we talking about? You know, and the, I hope so, I'm asking the question properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. the reality is is um, that our hope is that we work with districts in every. Every yeah, school in the district has parent guidance on their website because these the issues that we're dealing with with children right now, um, you know, a lot of people point to middle school. A lot of people point to 
you know, that high school is the right place, but yeah. that's not really yeah. the case. We're starting to see, I think in Las Vegas last year, they lost a child who was five or six years old to suicide. Suicide. These okay. mental health, these mental health needs and these basic parenting skills need to happen for every child. And, and every course that we have on parent guidance is not all about, you know, the difficult parts of mental health. We also have a whole series that's about understanding your child's emotional development at certain ages. You know, so understanding your child's emotional development at five years, 11 years old, at 15 years old, at 18 years old, because because emotional development happens, to, you know, even pre-birth, but, but definitely from the moment amazing. the child's born, there is emotional development. There's connection that you need to have with your children. There's eye contact that needs to be made. There's tone in your, you know, there's, there's a, a calmness in your home that needs to be happening to help children feel safe. And that happens so early. And yet, you know, one of the things I talk about a lot, Larry, is that if you're a 15-year-old who, who you know, has, uh, is, is now a single mother who has a new baby at home, you've probably never had a child development course. But guess what? If you're a Harvard MBA or you're an MIT engineer or you're a financial guy, you know, a, a, a Wall Street financial person, you also have probably never had a child development course. Yes. Yeah, and so like we said, there ought to be a license for parenting. You know, you don't have to go yeah, through this and, like you have to pass a driver's test. You know? And you know what? There's not, there's not and, and I'm not advocating for that, but anyone who's a parent can access information on how to be a better parent, or, and not even a better parent, but just let's say a more informed parent. You yeah. know, I, I mean, I've got, I've got a 30-year-old and a 26-year-old, and as I started doing this work and working with our therapy team and, and um, you know, there were things that I went, there were some things that I went, oh, I could have done that better. But there's also some things that I went, wow, those are, those are parenting tips I can still use even with my adult children. So oh, great. everybody can, every, you know, when you talk about self-help, our whole country yeah. is about self-help. This is self-help for how to, be, how to be the parent that you want to be and that you know your kids deserve. That was well said. Okay, cookcenter.org, everybody. And now we're going to talk about these calm rooms for which you gave some great matching grants. You, and I'm yeah. going to preface this. Okay, the Cook Center is a co-sponsor, okay, of working with AASA, the Superintendent Association, and that conference is coming up next week, the AASA's Mental Health Cohort, which is, I know they have a lot of co- cohorts. I work closely with them. They have a mental health one. Okay, and they're trying to help the schools establish across the nation best practices. Okay, and one of the best practices that AASA has discovered, okay, is that, and I got for this, they're smart enough to figure this out, the Cook Center for Human Connection, that's Anne, okay, and Anne is helping schools with calm rooms, okay, and then that's where I want to go. Okay, so yeah. do this any way you want. You had the grants. You can talk about the grants. You can talk about what is a common room. Just go for it. Go yeah. Well, so so as I said, you know, Cook Center each year that we've been part of it, we've, we've set aside um, resources to be able to pro- provide grants directly to schools. So Hope Squad, Choose Kindness. About a year ago, year and a half ago, a school approached us. At, it's called Polaris high school in Alpine School District in Utah, they approached us and they said, we would like to do a calm room. Would you help us fund that? And um, 
And I had actually seen a calm room in another uh, place that was just opened in Utah called Neighborhood House. And I thought, wow, that is something that could really have impact on, on schools. And so, so I said, yes, you know, we'll, we'll consider funding you, but let's do this research together. So with Polaris High School, we went and we visited Neighborhood House and we saw, you know, kind of the science behind calm rooms or wellness rooms and what it, what they needed to include and, and all of that. And so for a, a fairly uh, minimum support and investment, Polaris was able to build this just amazing, a beautiful space for kids and, um, and has had a real impact. It's been open about a year and a half now in their school nice. and has literally had thousands of visitors to it. And what they do, they've created this beautiful space and through Where is that, the space? and then is it is it part of the it, library? It, it, is it an old classroom? It, what is it? No, it's a, it's a it. They were building a school, and so they designated they designated a classroom in this school as they were building it to to be this. Great, um, excellent. And but it's a classroom. I mean, you go in and you you see the 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 you know, the little counter where, so that you could have it be a science classroom. So you got to sink in it where kids can wash yeah. their hands and, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Right. So you, yeah. if you walk into it, you're like, yep, it's a classroom. So it's nothing different, yeah. but they did designate this one space. But, you know, one, one of the things we did with the research on it was, was, um, you know, when kids are dysregulated, they need lots of, there are lots of different needs that they might have. And so you need to, you need to really, um, provide uh, resources for all the senses, right? So so texture, you know, there's soft things and hard things and smooth things and rough things, mm. um, weighted blankets in it. There's chairs that mm. swing. There's a, there's a water feature. There's uh, the ability to, to change the lighting and change the colors of the room. There's sound systems in there. There's the ability to put in different smells and, and you know, change mood through scent, and and then on top of that, there are you know, there's there's things that that kids can do. There's you know, calming activities. There's fidget things, and there's coloring books, and there's puzzles, and there's and 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 the and so all of those all of those features are wonderful and amazing. But then you have to have a really good structure around the use of the room. And so with Polaris, um, their use is a child can come in. As a child comes in, they can come anytime. You know, they come in, they grab a, a egg timer, basically, or a, a, an hourglass, flip it over. It's ten minutes. If they have to flip it, if, huh. nobody will bother them in that ten minutes, right? No, is there an adult there all the time? Is it monitored always with an, an adult? adult there? Yes, there's okay. always an adult there. But the adult doesn't come. You know, you don't. The adult doesn't come over. The kids. The the child can just timer right. go do whatever they want in the room if they have to flip the timer back over then they need to talk to the adult then they need to say here's what you know the the adult will come over and say well what's going on what can we help you with um you know just just really so that they so if, if a child just needs a time out they just need that space they've got that sure. but if they really need help there's somebody there to help them as well and then is there more than one kid there at a time or, 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 can there be oh, more yeah. than one yeah. child yeah 
Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, there's seating probably for 10 or 15. I don't know how many they've ever had at once. Cool. But the other thing that's happening is they are, um, they are keeping track of, of, you know, how often kids are coming. And they're also, sure. they're also looking at like, what are the things that, that help this child as well as then looking globally, like what are the things that most children are, are connecting with, you know, what are the, you know, where do they sit? What do they do? What are, what's the activity that seems to calm them? I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of tracking of information so that they can continue to help. And, and, um, and the, and the kids just know that they have this. And then Polaris has taken it a step further and we're starting to see this throughout Utah. So this is, this is the next extension of what we're, what we're doing to help is they've created a full kind of teen center around it. So besides just having this calm room, they now have, you know, a clothing, uh, a, a clothing place, a place where girls can get feminine products, a place mm-hmm. where, um, where they can get, uh, you know, kids can come in and, and, and get food if they need it. Um, oh, and so they're, they're, no stigma, have, no stigma. They, they can just go in right, and exactly. if the young lady needs something or if a kid's missed breakfast at home, whatever, they don't have to, there's no stigma attached. They can just go get it. Yeah. And so, and so it's just, you know, so, so that's what we love at the Cook Center is when, and when we make an initial investment in a school district and they can really take advantage of the work that we've done and build that into something bigger than we could even have imagined. You know, that's oh. our hope. That's our hope with the work that, oh, that we do at the Cook Center. And so I have to ask um, Polaris, wait, who, who was the adult in the room? Is it a school counselor or is it a, power, it's, a you know, a, a power professional? It's, who is it? It's not, it's a, it's a, you know, highly caring adult. Um, she, I believe she was initially the school secretary and now she does this full time. Got it. Okay. But, yeah. But it, but she's not, you know, she's not coming in as a counselor. But here's the thing: if she knows that a child needs a counselor, she can get them to a counselor. Absolutely, right? like, absolutely. I mean, that, you know, that's that's the beauty of this too. Wow. And so, and, um, and you know, and I got to so you said something at the beginning that struck me when you were talking about Polaris, and we're just using them as the first example. How many kids are using this on a regular basis, on a given day, or you have so they have, or number, you know. Yeah. So I don't know that I can tell you Polaris, but yesterday or two days ago, I was in Davis School District visiting another one of these, not one I funded, but one that's just doing amazing work that's very similar. And they said they have 50 kids a day that use it. Wow. 50 kids a day. So they're, you know, they're kind of, they're kind of coming and going, but kids Kids need need this. I mean, they may, they may need, they may need, they may need the quiet space because they don't have it at home. They may need the home space because they don't have it at home they may yeah. just need a snack they might need you know they they might only have two sets of clothes and one of them needs to be washing the laundry i mean there's just you know and and i know there's yeah. people that say oh we can't do everything and and we can't i understand we're not that doing everything. But, we're doing this but yeah. if we can do what we can you know if we can do what we yeah. can that really helps so yeah you know it's amazing now, so now talk about how your grant program so, works, uh, so is, yeah so let me take another step so yeah. from the so from that wonderful experience at the calm room, um, they sent us over port. We all visited. We were just so impressed with it. And Greg and Julie, in a you know in a in a meeting, Greg and Julie Cook said, "Why aren't we doing more of these?" And I said, "Absolutely, <laughs> let's do more of them." And so so this year they set aside a hundred thousand dollars for it. 
and you know we thought the way we could really maximize this is is to offer five thousand dollar grants so that um so that schools could match about five thousand dollars and that's similar ten thousand is similar to the investment that we made in polaris and um and so so we did these as matching grants and we anticipated that we that we'd give away 20 we had about 70 applicants from around the country and nice. not all of them asked for the full five thousand dollars so because of that we were able to give out 26 grants um so we so we funded 26 from 26 calm rooms around the country and everyone is different you know this isn't this isn't a program as you know as much as i mean i love funding hope squads and we'll probably fund more hope squads in the future or something but we're not saying like you have to put this program in with this money what we're saying is community um you know and so as long as we were looking we had about 70 applicants and like i said funded 26 so we were looking at things like like you know what's their plan how's it, how are they going to sustain it how are they going to staff it how you know so so those are the what's their design Right, those are the things that we looked at to help the 20 rise to the top, or the 26 rise to the top that we funded. And, and, and you, when you look at the 26, and you mentioned the, the Polaris School in, in, in Utah, okay? I mean, is that a rural school or is that a suburban school? What is that? Polaris is a suburban school, but it's an alternative high school. So it's, oh, cool. Um, okay. It's for the kids who are, yeah. Okay, so when you looked at the other 26, or 25, rather, I should say. When you looked at them, no, what, were those, yeah, what were those schools? Were they all over the country? Were they urban? Were they rural? Were they suburban? Did you, was there any Every, trend or anything? Um, they, no trend as far as, like, how we funded from that perspective. Like I said, we really looked at need, plan, um, design, sustainability. Those were kind of our big things. We have elementaries, we have middle schools, we have high schools, we have rural, we have suburban, um, we have uh, urban. You know, we've we've got we've got we we really have a cross section of that's good of different schools. And, what, what and are you fourteen states. I think now, it was now, fourteen states. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. And what are you hearing back? And, and you can use Polaris as the as starting example. They they put they they built the calm room. It, it makes a difference to a lot of kids, and it must. Make, I have to say this: it must make a difference to a lot of classrooms and a lot of teachers as well to get a kid who needs help quieted down, relaxed, and ready to learn. That's key. Yeah. Okay. So mm -hmm. so, you know, what, what's the feedback that you're hearing about how the calm rooms work? Okay, it's, it's something different. Well, okay, but I think I believe it's a needed thing. So first and foremost, we we just announced two weeks ago. So from our 26, we're just hearing thank you <laughs> at this point. Um, we have a well-deserved thank you, I might add. But from and Polaris. You're welcome and, from Anne, yeah. Yeah. And, and Julian Gray. Um, yeah, our yes. our pleasure would be the right thing to say in yeah. that, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, what we what we hear from Polaris is, Higher attendance rate, wow. you know, less less violence, um, just you know, a, just a variety of just really positive outcomes. Uh, you know, kids kids can actually, you know, because I, I I asked this, you know, I said so kids can kids can basically, you know, every every classroom has a pass, so that someone if 
at whatever point they are in their in their moment, they can pull up, they can just walk out of the classroom with this pass and go straight to the calm room. And, wow. and at Polaris, they actually call it the Zen Den. And I said, well, what wow. about taking a test? They said, you know what? There's so much test anxiety, of course. If a kid's taking a test and they need 10 minutes to breathe, go breathe, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter because we don't know what kids have come with that day. We don't know what's happened right before they've come. We don't know what what's happened in the point. hall. We don't know everyone who's had a, had a conflict either at home or with a peer or with a, you know, with a frenemy or any, you know, whatever. We don't know what's happening. But sometimes they just need a minute to breathe, and that's what this is. Yeah. Or they need an adult that can help them and can intervene, and that's the other thing is this is a place where they can get to that caring, to a caring adult in the building that they trust and know is going to help them and, you know, and not, not, be, not be sitting waiting for the counselor's time because the way this is set up is it's just got such great ebb and flow that that adult is available any minute for a child to be able to get to talk to. And, you know, and when, when, the, when the schools applied, and you said Polaris was building a school, so then that makes it a little easier to build it in, so to speak. But a lot of schools aren't building new schools or whatever. As you, as you looked at the grants, okay, did you look at where they were going to put the room or how they were going to structure it within the school? To a certain degree, but um, we have one school. We have everything from we're taking a, a part of our – central office and we're going to set it mm-hmm. aside and yeah. do that to we're going to build a classroom to we're putting in a, a portable for this you know so wow. so we've seen wow. you know we saw everything but again you know our i mean in the scheme of things our grant wasn't huge right five thousand dollars isn't going to get you that far but it helps them no it's a step in the right to- direction it's a step yeah. in the, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step as the old yeah. saw goes you know, and um, it's a step in the right direction. If you get, get school districts thinking you. about this, get architects thinking about this as they design schools. You know, this, well, this and, is and, what we want to do. Yeah. And, you know, interestingly, like this is – so because of this work, this has brought awareness that the Cook Center is involved in this. And from that, we've just become involved in another project that's what? Utah-based at the moment, but I think it could become national. <clears throat> but it's called Teen Centers, and there's a group here in Utah that's working to put a center like Polaris in every high school in the state, and they're, and they're building them from the ground up and, you know, doing some really wonderful work. So we're, we're also contributing to that work. So um, in Davis School District, which is the one that I visited two days ago, yeah. every new school they build every new school they build will have a wellness center built into it. Wow. Well, there you go. Um, so, so, I mean, I mean it's that I kind of thing. And, and one of the other neat things about Polaris is we didn't fund this, but they, um, they saw the wonderful things that we were doing for kids. And yeah. so they found the funding to be able to have their faculty area instead of, instead of, you know, the dreaded faculty room, right? Their faculty area <laughs> is now designed like a wellness area so That's that the faculty be. also has a That's place that they be. can go. Yeah, I was going to say that at some point. The faculty needs these too, okay? They need yep. a place that, that's quiet and calm and, 
because teachers are under a tremendous amount of pressure these days. And, you know, this whole thing is, is that that kids are changing and schools are changing, all right? Yep. And, and, and to, to, to make something like a comp room for either a teacher or a student available is a major change. It's a new paradigm, but it has to be something that's in place because everything has changed, okay? It's not, we're not going back to the way it was, okay? We are not going back. All right, and it has to be, we have to make a change so that everybody involved feels good about going to school. Think about how much of your life at school when you were your kid, okay? And it has to be a happy place. It has to be a good place, okay? And, the and think if you're a lifetime case. educator. And, yeah. you know, think if you're a lifetime educator. You know, our educators are leaving in droves. Oh, and unbelievable. If we can, if we can provide them with, with spaces and wellness yeah, absolutely. and help to make them feel better about the work that they're doing because it is vital work to the success of our nation to have teachers working with and teaching our children. So we need to be taking care of them as well. And that brings us to the cohort. So our, you know, our mental health cohort is not just the about AASA. the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the AASA mental health cohort, you know, I called more Sherman, um, <laughs> I don't know, about a year and a half ago, and I said, Mort, we need a mental health cohort. And he, and said, he, yes. said, he said, well, well, yes and no. I mean, at first he said, and we already have an SEL cohort. I said, no, this is different. A no. mental health cohort, and, and the SEL cohort is wonderful, so don't, I'm not. But I said, this is different. What I want us to focus on is I want us to focus on the health of the entire school community, the staff, the parents, the teachers, the, you know, the superintendents themselves. You know, the principals, the leaders. Oh, they're losing superintendents seen. like crazy. Okay, that's, a, that's a, another pipeline we're having trouble with. It's, okay, exactly who's going to manage these I school mean, districts? Yeah. It is. And so, so when we're looking at the mental health cohort, the mental health cohort is about, is about the mental health of the entire community. And how that differs from the point, SEL yeah. cohort is the SEL cohort is about, you know, um, create the social emotional skills that kids need to be resilient and collaborative and those kind of things right and so equally important but this is it's a little broader i think when we think about the mental health cohort and the work that we're doing in the mental health cohort so absolutely and and and, and, and and i hope they got you leading it and then the other part of it that i think is important is that is that as we're seeing here, you know, schools are often the center point of social change, and they're often the center point when we have a social need. I, I always point back to, you know, childhood hunger. Well, we were, you know, we're able to solve childhood hunger through schools because every child's in every school every day. And back to mental health, if all we do is rely on the medical system for our mental health, how often, how often do we be a doctor, right? You know, you might see them once a year, you might see them a couple of times or even, you know, even if you see a doctor once a month, that's still not, not how we're interacting day to day in a school. So, you know, a school has the ability to identify and treat and, and create systems and programs. I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult that we're always like pointing to schools to, to do this, but schools are just such a place where we can create, um, you know, we can solve big social problems. And so, so, you know, we're working on that, but also when we're working with superintendents, we don't want to 
put all the burden back on them. So bringing solutions to the table, you know, like like parent guidance. The work we do with parent guidance is is turnkey. We don't we're, we don't have to hire a new staff person to run parent guidance or to have that be part of your system. We make it turnkey. We work with the Jed Foundation as part of the mental health cohort, and you know, Jed's got wonderful systems in place to help to help schools and hope squads and things like that. So, so you know, trying to not only you know not only bring information and expertise, but then also bring real solutions that that can help the schools be that center point of mental health. Yeah, and you, you guys do so well. We have to leave in. I'll tell you. You always bring something to the table here. I mean, it's just incredible what you guys do, and I hope everybody takes advantage of this. Okay, it's key stuff, cookcenter.org, everybody. This is Ann Brown, their president and CEO. All right, would you tell Mark I said hello, please? Would you do me a favor, Ann? Okay, my buddy Mark. I'll talk to him tomorrow. All right? And, uh, boy, it's great to hear your voice. Okay, so thank you. You too, Thanks for all you do. Okay? You're terrific. Thanks, Ann. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Yes, you will. Bye. Okay, that's Ann Brown, everybody, and cookcenter.org. These are good folks, okay, and uh, see what they're doing. Okay, what can I tell you? This, this is a, they're helping you overcome challenges. We're going to archive the show over at ace-ed.org. See what we do over there. Everything's free. Thanks for listening. I'm Larry Jacobs.